Welcome to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. On today's episode, it's Christmas in July. Join Charlie and Tracy as they talk about their favorite holiday books and movies, as well as explore some holiday offerings MLC has for public libraries and schools to borrow. Stay tuned. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Stacks and Stories. On today's episode, you probably aren't expecting it, but it's our Christmas in July episode. Yes. And if I had thought about it, we actually have some like little jingle bells we could have shaken in the background to make it very festive, but I forgot and I don't know where they are. So Katie can add them. Today we're going to talk about uh, not only our favorite holiday books and movies, but some holiday-related things that the Library Commission collects so public libraries and public schools can borrow them for their programming. Mm-hmm. So I'm here with Charlie, who is, I know what your real title is, but when I describe what you do, I say he's the master of the kits. All the all the stuff that we, we have that's not a book, Charlie, is he's the guy. I do like master of the kits. So yes, I'm the special collections coordinator, so we have almost 400 items that different places can check out and uh, some of them are holiday themed so be happy to talk about some of those today okay great um i think people who listen to this probably want to hear about our our books first so why don't we we start with holiday books i don't have a lot of them because i couldn't think of any what do you have my favorite book i've read it twice for christmas it's a psychological thriller I, i like the idea that christmas is usually perceived as a happy time Mm -hmm. and so it kind of goes in a dark bend it's called dying for christmas by tammy cohen um it came out in 2016 and it's about this lady named jessica jessica gold and she goes out one last night on near christmas to go do a little last minute shopping and she meets this very charming guy named dominic and impulsively agrees to go home with him for a drink Never go home with a man. You know, that's what a lot of people get that advice. They're like, okay, don't talk to strangers. Don't get in strangers' vehicles. Don't go to their house. Yeah, and now we got Uber where now they find out where you live. She ends up staying the night, and he gives her, the next day's Christmas, he gives her a gift, and it's a very weird gift, and it somehow relates to his childhood. And things take a twist, and she ends up being held captive, and every day he gives her another gift where it's very, it's presented like an actual Christmas gift, but it's related to his twisted childhood. And it's all going into the 12 days of Christmas. And she comes up with the idea that she's probably not going to make it through the 13th day after Christmas. Mm. So, uh, and there's also a police investigation going on in it. And there's some twist this book you have to check out the reality at the door there i mean it's some of it's not very feasible but it's just a really no brain psychological thriller like you don't try to figure out what's happening in it you just go along with the ride so are the are the gifts i mean i I understand there's 12 days of them but are they like geese in ladies leaping like is it like no chopped off feet for the ladies leaping or something no it'd be more like the baby shoes that he had as a kid and then it relates to him telling the story of something that 
traumatically happened to him while learning to walk or something of that nature. You know, um, I'm not sure I'm going to read this book, but it sounds like I do like a structure like that. Mm -hmm. So once you kind of figure it out, like on what, you know, like the second day or whatever, you're like, okay, I know we have 10 more of these before something big is going to happen. Yeah. You know, so I, I do like that. Yeah, it's it's really good in that sense that it become it follows that normal pattern, but then it also has the police investigation going into it that's interspersed, so the it gives you a different point of view on it, and it's it was just really interesting to see how twisted a Christmas gift could actually turn out to be, hmm. and to, to line them up with twelve of them, it was, it was impressive. That is, that sounds good. So. Which one, what do you have? To offset your creepy one, um, I have one of the sweetest books ever written. It's A Christmas Memory by Truman Capote. And it was published in 1956. It is 45 pages long. Uh, you can knock, knock this out in you know a sitting. When Truman Capote was a child, he was sort of passed around to different households. He lived with various cousins, much like um, Dell in um, To Kill a Mockingbird, who is based on Truman Capote, who he's staying with an aunt or something in um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, that was his childhood. So A Christmas Memory is about this kid named Buddy, who is clearly Truman Capote, and he is staying with some cousins, and he has this much older cousin who um, he hangs out with. And she, I mean, she's she's an elderly woman. It's just about how they uh, their annual Christmas ritual is to make fruitcake. They have to go find some whiskey from someplace, and they go buy some for Mr. Ha Ha Jones. Um, then they spend the Christmas Day making kites. And it's also really sad because it was the last Christmas that they spent together. Yeah. If you just like really sweet and kind of sad little tiny books, I if you've ever heard one of our podcasts before, I am always saying how much I love a tiny book. I like to put little little books in my in my pocket, in my purse. This would also fit in a stocking. This would be oh. a lovely, a lovely little gift. There's nothing psychologically thrilling yeah. <laughs> about a Christmas memory, but it is really sweet. So no nefarious intent with this story? No. I mean he doesn't have a great childhood and the rest of the family um they're not like especially super kind to buddy and i can't remember what what the older cousin lady's name is you know they're they're just kind of the um not technically orphans but kind of treated as such yeah yeah that sounds really good it's pretty sweet yeah i do have another one it is not christmas themed but there is a scene in it that's christmas related hey, that counts yeah I, I thought it did and it I, it had one of my favorite quotes um it's the four winds by Kristen hannah hmm. came out in 2021 and it's set during the great depression elsa lives in texas with her family she's very young and she loves to read and she has these dreams that her family does not want her to do like go to school and she ends up getting pregnant from a one-night stand to save the reputation. The guy marries her, and she ends up having another kid. They live out on the farm with her family. He ends up leaving. The Dust Bowl ends up happening, and their their farm is ravaged. She ends up having two kids by her husband. 
and the youngest one, his name is Ant, ends up very sickly. He ends up with the like dust bowl pneumonia. It's from all the dust and mm-hmm. silica in the air. And so the only way that she is told by the doctors to help him is to move out west to California. So they end up trekking out there. It's a very rough look at the time, which there's not a lot out. I mean, I've never read a lot or studied a lot about the Dust Bowl, but it's very fascinating. And it talks about the treatment of the migrants that came out there to work. While they're in California, the little girl, uh, her name is Loretta, she wants to go to the library because that's something that she missed in Texas and she realizes how much they took it for granted and she goes in and that becomes her refuge. She goes in, the librarian's very sweet to her. She says, um, oh, are you a resident? She goes, yeah, we live in that camp down by the lake or river. And she goes, oh, well, do you go to school here? And she's like, yeah. And she goes, okay, well, we can get you a card, but um, just sit here, I'll go get you a book. And then she comes back with like a Nancy Drew book. The I forget the name of something about a clock tower. Yeah, that's, that's, I think it's the first one. That's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, that's a Nancy. I know that book. I was more of a Hardy Boys fan. but I uh, got it. <laughs> so she ends up bringing it. She says, you can take this home with you, um, and then we'll get your card set for you next time. I trust you with this book. They are having trouble getting a library card, but her mom on Christmas days, that's what she gives her is a library card with a book checked out from the library. And she said... Uh, Elsa knew that a library card, a thing they'd taken for granted all of their lives, meant there was still a future, a world beyond this struggle. And I thought that was just a, a way to encompass the things that libraries both present and uh, kind of like holidays, you get like a new perspective on mm-hmm. things. So, Well, that's really sweet. I was waiting for that um, holiday part to come yeah. in on that. It, it took that's a minute, so <laughs> it was and I looked it struggle. up. It's the secret of the old clock. That's I think I think it's the first one. Yes, it is the first Nancy Drew. You know, I love a Nancy Drew. I've yeah. never read a Hardy Boys, but I'm, I think that's the same formula basically. Yeah, pretty much. She Nancy had her friend sidekick. She has two friends. Two friends. Bess and George. George is a girl. Okay. When you read these, let's see what year did this come out? 1930. Body shaming was, like, not a thing. So I think it's George who's a little bit chubby. Mm -hmm. And basically no scene with George, if George is the one. I can't remember. Anyway, one one is thin and one is a little heavier. And every single scene with them is like, wow, I'm so hungry. (laughs) Like, before we go break into this castle and uh, steal some stuff or find the killer or whatever, um, can we get a sandwich? Like, it's... Every single time this character is mentioned, it's like, hey, did y'all get it? She's a little bigger than the other girls. But I still I still love them. She needed her energy bar. and Absolutely. So. Nancy Drew is also, um, just a side note here, the, these are not manuals for how to behave as a woman. She, is, she takes her life, like, she's just very cavalier with it. Mm-hmm. Like, no... No girl needs to, actually no person, um, but especially a girl, needs to um, not tell anyone where she's going and go find bad guys by herself in the age of no cell phones. Yeah. Um, you know, like Nancy's always waking up 
and she's tied to a chair somewhere. Like this is this could like there's probably someone has probably written like a horror version, yeah, um, or a thriller version of Nancy Drew where she gets murdered on page two. Yeah, um, that that you know have to check out Wattpad and that fan fiction. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Wattpad's like a online forum where people post all of their fanfics and oh. original works, and they have stuff for everybody. And Got it. It goes kind of weird too. So. Well, you know what? I think I will just let you tell me about that. That might be too much for me. Yeah, that's all I know about it. I've, I've read something. Uh, there, uh, Natasha Preston has written some books that ended up getting published that started on Wattpad. Well, before we start talking about movies, let's um, what what kinds of things do we have to that libraries could use for their holiday programming? All right, so some of the stuff that we have is specific for, like, Christmas-related holidays. Public libraries and schools can check these items out. I can mail them to them. They can mail them back, and there's, a, like, we'll pay to mail it to the people, Then, but we don't cover return postage. So if they want to return it in person or mail it, that's up to them. So the two that we've had the longest are two Santa suits, and it comes with the beard, the gloves, the hat, everything. Do they have to reuse a beard that someone's been sticking on their face? No. We have <laughs> thought about this, and we thought that would be a, not a great That's idea. That's kind of gross. Yeah. Like breathing all on it, you know? Yeah. I would not recommend shoe polish. I had shoe polish on my face one time in fourth grade for a part. I played the old man in James and the Giant Peach, mm-hmm. and the fumes made me a little woozy, oh, and no. I forgot all my lines for the show. So I would not recommend that. So we, but yes, we have disposable masks that you can use, and the gloves are uh, washed. And if you want to keep them, we have backup. Pretty clean and clever way to do it. It's a really plush suit. Not like cheap fabric. Yeah. Um, I would just have to mention it. Have you ever seen Crimes of the Heart? No. It's written by Beth Henley, who is from Mississippi, and. It's about three sisters and whatever, but their uh, their cousin, her name is Chick, and she's just a piece of work. And anyway, there's a scene where she tells one of the um, one of the sisters, Lenny. She was like, "Hey, where did you get that little dress you bought for my daughter for her birthday?" And she's like, "The first time I uh, I washed it, those polka dots just fell right off. I just wanted to tell you so you don't <laughs> buy those cheap kinds again." Um, anyway. So that just reminds me, like, this isn't one of those cheap kinds where little yeah. polka dots are going to fall off. Uh, no, it's, it's not that kind of Santa suit. It's, it's a legit uh, one. I mean, did I put it on when we first bought it and take a picture of myself? I did. <laughs> yeah, it's it's legit, and it's dry cleaned every year, so you don't have to worry about that. Crimes of Heart, was that a movie, too? It was, yeah. It's, okay. it's a play, and then it was made into a movie. Okay, I've, I've seen the play now that you mentioned it. New Stage, I think it was. It was really good. Yeah, it's a, it's a great play, and, and the movie is... Sissy Spacek, Diane Keaton, and uh, Jessica Lange play the sisters. That's a pretty I big... mean, it's a great cast. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm it's, to check it's that great. Out. But yes, so we have two suits, and someone has already reserved one for this upcoming Christmas. You know what? That that's an enterprising person. That is. I was very. They said, "I want to make sure I get this done," and they got it done because sometimes we run out. We only have two. Now we have one. If you want to reserve it, please contact me. Contact information's in the description. Those have been really popular. I've seen people use them for virtual Santa Claus meetings. Hmm. Um, 
that was mainly during COVID, but usually they are in person and like I said, they're dry clean, so you don't have to worry about like contamination or anything. So um, we also have some inflatable costumes. We added this last year and they were wildly popular. The Christmas specific ones, we have numerous Christmas tree costumes and gingerbread men costumes and people have loved these the kids love them it really stands out in a crowd we bought these last year uh, i think just one of each and or two maybe two of each two of each and the response was so overwhelming we now have what we have 12 of each something yeah, like that it's, it's a lot like i have a whole cabinet drawer full of them so it's and they come with batteries they they come with the gloves they zip up in the back and it has a little fan that attaches on the back side so you don't see it from the front and the pictures are adorable the the amount of people that have been getting to see them is really good and they were so popular that we've added other characters to our collection uh some are kind of wintery themed like uh penguin favorite story someone actually used that during their summer library reading program mm-hmm. this year and i just really like the idea that there was a penguin in mississippi in, in <laughs> july you know anything could be holiday related if you just kind of try exactly you know like a unicorn it could be the christmas unicorn or exactly. the hanukkah unicorn or yeah. the halloween unicorn yeah and see we have and i really i, I like this idea we have a t-rex costume and a hot dog costume mm-hmm. I really want a Santa Claus with a T-Rex and a hot dog standing next to him. I don't know why. I just think that would be a really We could make that happen like today. Yes. Just find uh, three willing people here at the agency and we'll we'll put them in there. Yeah. We'll, We'll, you know, have this photo shoot. We'll have to get, we'll round them up. Yeah. But yeah, we also have a blue shark and a gray shark that were, um, really popular during the summer library program because it was oceans of possibilities. Are there other costumes or what other kind of things do we have? Uh, we do have a couple more costumes. We have a kitten and a puppy, uh, the unicorn, and then we have the giant inflatable wavy arm guy costume. Oh, I love wavy arm guy. So, yes. Is he, it's a red one, right? Yes. See? So. It, that's holiday related, holiday colors. That is automatic. <gasps> what if we got a green one? That is a good idea. That's a really good idea. So can you make a note of I'm that? I'm going to make a note right okay. now. We also, usually at Christmas events, there's a lot of lines. So if you wanted some games to play with people, we also have a lot of games. They are usually board games. Uh, we have some that are bugs in the kitchen. You know, that might be a problem during Christmas. So... I hope not. I hope not either. Are you cursing us with like Christmas bugs? No, I'm just saying like, you know, there's a lot of people coming in and out. You got all the crumbs everywhere. If you don't clean well. For making cookies. Yeah, making all the cookies. I'm now following your your statement. So, um, and that one, you have one of those little hex bugs, which is a thing you... Oh, those, as a teacher, those things are so annoying. But as just a person, they are so much fun. Yes, we. my son had the, the big hex bug you know, complex. And yes. then when he got tired of it, my cats really enjoyed the, ca- the hex bugs. 
So, you know, dual purposes. Yeah. But uh, in this one, you roll dice and you put the hex bug in this little maze. And uh, the dice tells you how you can twist the silverware that's uh, stationed on it. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to get it to go into your trap. So it's a very... And, and that's what Bugs in the Kitchen is? That's what Bugs in the Kitchen. So oh, you have the hex, hex bug jittering and Got it. you're trying to get it to go in a certain Well, that path. sounds fun. I want to play. It's a lot of fun. We'll get it out. Okay, we have uh, we have an agenda. We're going to dress up in costumes and play yeah. games later. Sounds like a good Friday. Yes. <laughs> um, we also have some other games like Game of 49. It's a good uh, family and friend game where... You bid on numbers, so you are allocated certain amounts at the beginning, kind of like Monopoly, Mm -hmm. and then you bid on the pieces, and you're trying to get four in a row. But it's on a big grid, so it's a little bit more complex than you would think. Um, We have some that are uh, solo games that you could play with smaller kids in pairs, like Invasion of the Cow Snatchers, which... It has a it's a little board that you put the tokens under this plexiglass, and it has barriers like little fences that you place, and the card tells you how to lay it out, and you use a UFO magnet on top of the plexiglass to pick up the tokens and navigate around the fences. This sounds crazy just hearing about it mm-hmm. instead of looking at it too. Yeah. To me, what it sounds like you're talking about is, um, you know, those, uh, I can't remember what it's called, like Harry, Harry Bill. And you'd like the little, the little uh, shavings were there and you like draw a mustache on people. Yeah. That's kind of what it sounds like. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Like the, the, the pen is the UFO and then the little uh, B or the powder or whatever was in it mm-hmm. are the tokens and you're trying not to let the fence knock it off. Got it. So you have to. So kind of like Operation and Harry Bill. That's not his name. Yeah. What, what is that guy's name? Wooly Willie. Wooly Willie. That sounds like a good... Yeah. Yeah. Harry Bill. Harry Bill and Wooly Willie. <laughs> Harry Bill was the off-brand. Right. <laughs> That's the one you get at Dollar Tree. Yeah. And then we also have some card games like Word Spill. It's kind of like Scrabble where you get cards in your hand mm-hmm. and then you place it. But you place... Your word that you're placing has to begin with the last letter of the previous word. So it makes a big spiral. I'm going to say this. Someone might enjoy word spiel. I tested it and thought it was boring. I'm just going to say it's okay. You know what? It, uh, that, that's just how it was. Yeah. Well, not every game is for every, it's like, right. well, it's I, not you know what? For every there was, it needed like one more element. Yeah. It was like, Oh wow. Well, Okay. The we we played yay yeah I, I needed it to be like one element more challenging yeah sometimes you can find online some like bonus rules and I can look to see if we can find yes some. I need I need to level up yeah. as the gamers say that's what it is that's yeah and then uh, Zangle which is a, another card game where you get a pictorial representation it's all based on triangles. And it's almost like a tangrum. Is this like parts. is this like math? Is this a no, math no. game? Well, it has concepts, but uh, do you know what tangrums are? No. Oh, oh yes. When you put the, when you have triangles and you make little shape and make yeah. pictures out of them. Yeah, it's like that. But um, so you have one card that tells you what the picture is supposed to look like, and then you have to combine these other cards that have the pictures of different triangle shapes to create that goal. And, and is that one you can play by yourself? Yes, you can play by yourself or uh, I believe it's up to six people. Mm. So um, 
you know, if you play by yourself, you don't get embarrassed if you lose. I mean, in theory. Well, unless – do you really lose or are you just taking a really long pause while you think about it? I think you're just pausing yeah. indefinitely. And then you throw the – when you have a fit and throw everything on the floor, no yeah. one, no one's there. Then you have to clean it up. Yeah, you can't shake it like Wooly Willie or Harry yeah, Or Bill. Harry Bill. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the things that we have can be kind of put out for passive programming mm-hmm. and then – or like a family night or a game night or something like that. Sure. So. Uh, We also have a button maker that's really popular. So if you wanted to create buttons for advertising programs or let your patrons come in and create the buttons. I've always told people it makes me feel like Superman when I go to make the buttons because you're like bending still with this little press. And it's all using like, uh, it's using leverage and stuff to do it, but it makes me feel really strong. Cool. So. How about some holiday movies let's this will be our bookend to our episode us talking about our favorite holiday movies all right do you want to go first sure mine i'll say this mine are all old movies they're all black and white okay um and i don't know charlie you just kind of seem like a guy who's in full color usually you know yeah okay so my first pick is the shop around the corner came out in 1940 it's jimmy stewart and margaret sullivan and uh, I can't remember where it's set. Jimmy Stewart works in this. Uh, he's a, he's a clerk in a store, and he has written. He's been writing letters to someone he he like met in a newspaper. Like it was one of those like lonely hearts column kind of things. And yeah. so he he put an ad, and someone responded. And oh my gosh, he's so in love with her. And um, you know, soon they'll meet, and they'll totally get married. And but he he's not met her yet. Yeah. Meanwhile, this girl named Clara starts working at the shop, and Clara and Jimmy Stewart absolutely hate each other. Like, he's the worst, she's the worst. So, you know what's going to happen. Clara is the one Jimmy Stewart has been writing to. You know, it's set in the days leading up to Christmas, so they have the Christmas rush. Um, Anyway, it is extremely um, heartwarming. And if you've ever seen You've Got Mail, it is based on the concept of the shop around the corner and the children's bookstore that Meg Ryan runs that is put out of business by the evil Fox books um, is called the shop around the corner in you've got mail. That's a good callback. It's very sweet. Um, and you should watch it. Is it one that is usually available? Like, does it usually show around Christmas time? It does. Okay. My, my three favorites are always on somewhere. Okay. That's, leads into my my all-time favorite christmas movie i know it is available during christmas time on tv because they because do it's it. on 24 hours it a day on 24 uh, hours yes. a day classic it is such a good movie um a christmas story from 1983 it is based on a book called in god we trust all others pay cash by gene shepherd which I didn't know much about it, but he was a humorist and a radio personality, and people encouraged him to write his stories down, and that's what this was. But it's such a good movie. It is a good movie. And when I was little, okay, so a lot of people have seen it, but just in case you haven't seen it and you don't have TBS or TNT, it's about the Parker family, and mainly Ralphie. It's set in the late 30s, 40s um it's kind of hard to tell there's some inconsistencies about when it was based but it's about ralphie's quest to get an official 
Red Rider Carbine Action 200 shot range model air rifle with a compass in the stock and the thing that tells time. And you know, the, the danger of that is that you'll shoot your eye out. That, you know, that is a common callback to this movie and it's a legit concern. Those BBs are I so I mean, rounded. doesn't Ralphie actually break his glasses he when does. he goes outside to use it? That was a rogue icicle. So mm, that's what he told his mom. Yeah, that's not true. That well, that's what I'm going with. Okay. I'm on, I'm with Ralphie on this because I kind of I, I kind of identify with Ralphie. Um, are there um, are there quotes from this that like have seeped into your your regular there's, life? Yes, um, there's the go tos like uh, mispronouncing fragile as fragile. Oh yeah, fragile. That's and classic. There's also. Uh, my wife always laughs at me because I'll end up kind of more of an obscure one is not a finger. Hmm. Uh, it, or if we run out of something at the house, I'll be like, you used up all the jelly on purpose, not a finger. And it's whenever he was trying to trying to repair the lamp and he's like, I need some glue. And she's like, we're out. And he goes, ah, and says that. So I just love that movie so much. It is good. I don't know how I managed to get this into um, my usual life, but I really love saying it was soap poisoning. <laughs> oh, that's such a good saying. It is. I love it. After I, I never want to. Ha- I've never had my mouth washed out with soap, and I mm-hmm. hope it never happens. But like one little, you know, one little bubble gets in there, and it's yeah. horrible. So oh. that 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 does not sound good. And this was like again, this is the '30s and '40s, and they didn't have as strict guidelines on certain things so Mm -hmm. stuff that they used back then we find out are possibly dangerous for us right and they were putting in their mouth for extended periods of time that's scary but uh there's some like i like trivia about different things and um in the movie you know at the very end when they go to the chinese restaurant Mm -hmm. the director who by the way also directed some very off-brand stuff for the guy that did A Christmas Story. He directed uh, Porky's and A Black Christmas, Hmm. which don't match up at all with the aesthetic of A Christmas Story. Porky's terrified me Mm -hmm. as a child because I thought um, high school was going to be like Porky's. So I thought middle school was normal, and then when I went to high school, it would be like, crazy Porky's time all the time yeah. and I was it, it just really scared me <laughs> yeah I'd probably try to be homeschooled if that yeah, was the case absolutely. we didn't have that in uh when I, when I was coming up yeah oh okay so they're at the restaurant the director intentionally gave the mother uh, played by Melinda Dillon the wrong script and the reason, and it sounds like something Alfred Hitchcock would do. So whenever they brought out the duck and it had like the head still attached, mm-hmm. she wasn't expecting that. She had no clue. And that is her authentic reaction to that first being experienced. So it was for a purpose, but mm-hmm. it was slightly traumatic for the actress to go I through I will that. have to go back and, and rewatch her reaction. Oh, I she, mean, I know she like, she squeals. Yes. She squeals and like covering her mouth and kind of cowering over near the old man mm-hmm. who in the movie, they'd never tell the first name, which is kind of you, weird. You do have a lot of trivia about this. Yeah. I go on IMDb a lot yeah. about movies I like. <laughs> I, I remembered another thing that I like to say. If someone is, um, they're like, oh, what, trying to figure out what something is, or um, is there a crossword puzzle 
the answer is always drink more Ovaltine. Yes. Like that, that's always like my suggestion for what the answer to the, the query might be. Yeah. That's a that's good. You know, good just thing. a one to have in your pocket at all times. And okay. The last thing I'll say about this, and it's kind of embarrassing on my part uh, about a Christmas story, but again, it's my favorite movie. The reason I identify with Ralphie is because he has this dream of being the hero. Mm-hmm. And I feel like most people have that. And like he, you know, when he gets the uh, Red Rider and he takes out Black Bart and all this kind of stuff, I, I, I was the same way as a kid. I was really into the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and you know they fought the Putty Patrol. The the villain, her name was Rita Repulsa. Hmm. If you named your child Rita Repulsa. Would you expect them to be anything other than a villain? You know, the Repulsa family has been maligned for centuries. That is true. So it's very hurtful for you to... Uh... I apologize to the Repulsa family. <laughs> um, that was out of line. But So we had this uh, little like five steps going up to the front door of my house when I was little. And we had this fern right next to it. This large, it was like a large fern tree. Those things will snap back if you bend them. They really can hurt. And so I would get out there, and I was like, they're like the putty patrol. So I would fight a fern tree Aww. as a little, as a youth. And Charlie. Once, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I lived off of a uh, highway, so, yeah, people would see this little kid out here fighting a tree. You know, somewhere out there, there's someone telling the story. Exactly. Like, you know, like, oh, when I used to ride the school bus, every day we'd see this kid outside fighting a tree. Yeah. It was, like I said, it was embarrassing on my part. And there was one time I, I, I chopped it, and it split uh, two limbs apart. And I felt so bad that I went inside and got this twine that I had and tied it back together, and it grew back together. Oh, my gosh. But I felt bad that I broke the tree because I was fighting the putty patrol. <laughs> wow. That's the most Charlie story I've ever heard. <laughs> You're fighting a tree, and then you win, and then you feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. You got to repair it. Yeah. So uh, that's it for wow. me. Wow. We, we took a turn there. Yeah. That was a – I wasn't expecting that. Okay. So there, this, this is a dual movie. There's, a, there's the movie, and then there's the remake. And both are excellent. The Bishop's Wife. Uh, starring Cary Grant and Loretta Young. And then the remake is The Preacher's Wife, um, starring Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. Oh. So um, in The Bishop's Wife, the bishop is played by uh, David Niven in the old version. He's trying to raise money for to build a new church, cathedral, whatever. And Loretta Young is his very nice wife. And then here comes Dudley. Dudley is an angel. And he's been sent to, I don't even remember, like help help both of them, help one of them. But he's Cary Grant. He's not like just some bum of an angel. He's like the most handsome man in the universe. And so he takes Loretta Young ice skating and they just have this great time and it seems like this would be problematic for the marriage from her perspective but she's just like hey I'm finally getting to go go do things Uh, the husband has some misgivings about the situation Cary Grant ends up falling in love he's an angel he's in love but and there's like some slight magical angel stuff that happens, but it, it is 
you know, it starts at Christmas time. It, it is fully a Christmas movie. Yeah. So, like, who is the modern equivalent of Cary Grant? Obviously, Denzel Washington. Yeah. Uh, it's, so it's a perfect recasting um, in The Preacher's Wife. That sounds really good. They're, they're both really good. My last favorite movie would be the first two Home Alone movies. Mm. It's just more of a, again, that was my, around my age as a child watching that. And the idea of being left home alone by yourself and the shenanigans that can ensue. Now, in two, I don't understand how you can actually get into a hotel by yourself. I don't think that would There's a lot that doesn't, I don't think you're supposed to do the deep dive of plausibility yeah. in these movies. And I think that's why it appeals to kids because they're very and and whenever I'm watching it I kind of revert back to that age where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yes, this can happen, but then whenever I start to try to articulate it as an adult, I'm like, wait a minute, that no, no, you can't do that. But it's just a really good movie and then the people that you least expect help from are where you get it like in the second one, I bl- no, in the first one, I believe it is, is the uh, the one with the bird lady in the park. Or no, that's New York, isn't it? It was interesting that they would bring back the the wet bandits into it. Mm-hmm. But the idea that you have these two uh, crooks that are very much like bumbling, stupid people. And one of them was like, we need a calling card. That way, if we rob a house, the people will know who robbed them. And then his uh, associate... I'll say was like, but then the cops can link us to every one that we did. And the point that you had to point that out to somebody, I found fascinating that he made it to adulthood and to be well, out. you know, if, if people were really smart, they wouldn't, they wouldn't crime. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was, you know, they had their plans and they didn't work out and they got scorched heads and palms and hit in the head with paint canisters so i mean that's what you get for criming yeah especially with a very uh resourceful adolescent a youth mm-hmm. so but that's it those are my favorite christmas things well i'll just quickly talk about um little women in any format is always a treat but the 1933 version with katherine hepburn is where my heart uh truly lies the amy in the 1933 version is the worst Amy ever. She is like screechy and horrible. But if you've seen the new version, Amy is, uh, it's her redemption uh, version, the, the newer version of Little Women. But it's always a, you know, it start. I think it begins like the, the first scene is on Christmas. So yeah. it's a, it seems like a Christmas movie. I wonder how many Little Women movies there have. I think there's like four or five. Yeah. There's a the 33, I think there's one in the 40s. There was the 94 and the one that came out like 2 years ago. So do you think they'll ever get it right enough where they don't have to keep remaking it? That's that's not why you remake little women. It's oh. not like, oh no, they they messed it up. Let's let's try it's just an it's an adaptation. It's like yeah. a pride and prejudice. There can never be too many pride and prejudices. Okay. Cuz I mean there are perfect elements of all of them. Yeah. I guess, yeah, and I guess you're seeing different interpretations of yeah. each one. So it's just interesting that they specific works are the ones that continually get remade. I think they're the ones that people really like. Yeah. And so when you keep redoing them, you can't 
you can't really ruin it somehow. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure someone could. That's not a challenge to someone listening like, I will ruin Little Women. How's this? We're going to do really bad casting and costuming. Yes. Little women. We're going to borrow space. all the costumes from the library commission. Yes. So Joe will be in a wavy guy costume. Mm-hmm. Amy will be a T Rex. Yeah. That that would be that would be poor. But I think we have something that we can do for social media. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, Charlie, thanks for talking to me about holiday books, some of the things libraries can borrow for holiday times, and your favorite holiday movies. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.